a new thing. Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to your daily devotional podcast anchored in Isaiah 43 and verse 19, where it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. We're currently looking at God doing a new thing in the life of Nehemiah. Today, we continue to explore Nehemiah's lament. Now remember, he's heard terrible news about what's happening in Judah and Jerusalem. Walls broken down, gates burned with fire, and he weeps. He weeps, he fasts, and he prays. And he began, first of all, with praise. And let's have a look at what happens next. Picking it up in verse 5 of chapter 1, I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I now pray before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel, confessing the sins of the people of Israel, which we have sinned against you. Both I and my family have sinned. We have offended you deeply, failing to keep the commandments, the statutes, and the ordinances that you commanded your servant Moses. In the previous two back, uh, podcasts, we talked about the background to lament and the importance of praise accompanying lament. I'd love to know what you, what your experience was of praying those two things together. But, but today we see Nehemiah moving on to confessing sin as part of his lament. How does he do this? Well, he appeals to God to hear and see his prayer offered with great intensity, he says, day and night, on behalf of himself and God's people. So there's an appeal there. Come on, God, please hear this. Then he identifies with the sins of his people, even though he wasn't in Judah. He's not the one responsible for the breakdown of the walls and the gates and everything else. But he identifies with those sins. It's his people. And he takes personal responsibility for his sin, and he says the sin of his family. Whatever that is, we don't know, but he's clearly got something specific in mind. And he acknowledges that God has been hurt by his and Israel's behavior. And I I love that. I mean, I don't love the fact that God would be hurt, but the sense that Nehemiah understands that in, it's personal, that God has, I'm not going to say exactly God has human feelings. Let's not try to get too specific about that. But nonetheless, there is a, there's an element here where God feels things and he experienced things because of our sin. Nehemiah recognizes that he and his people, his family, have failed in their responsibilities to keep God's commands. I think it's a very impressive component of Nehemiah's prayer that he's not pointing the finger at the sins of other people. It is as if he's willing to absorb the sins of other people into himself. He's acting as what we call an intercessor for the people before God, asking God to forgive the sins of Israel and his own family. You know, one of the greatest messianic passages in the Old Testament, we're told in Isaiah 53 verse 12, he bore the sins of many, made intercession for the transgressors. And in Romans 8 34, 
Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, interceding for us. What a comfort it is to know that Jesus continues to intercede for you and me. And as such, can we not imitate him by interceding for others? Why not take some time today, like Nehemiah, to bring someone or some people before God and intercede for them to God in prayer? And I hope, I hope you find your heart, your life, your congregation, your entire world inspired by God doing a new thing. Until tomorrow, take care and God bless. Thank you.